0: Ramesh Mishelka, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. India Science, Technology and Innovation, the Changing Landscape was the title of your lecture. You're president of the Global Research Alliance, um, chairman of the National Innovation Foundation, a fellow of the Royal Society, uh, the US National uh, Academy of Science. You have a, a long list of eminent uh, titles. Can you begin by telling us why you think the technology journey in India began with Nehru?
1: Well, it was Pandit Jawaharlal Nehru who gave us the vision that uh, the tools for socio-economic development in India had to be very firmly based on the foundation of science and technology. He was the one who created uh, the initial foundation through several institutions like the Indian Institute of Technology, Indian Institute of uh, Management and uh, so on. Uh, the leadership of uh, people like Homi Bhabha, uh, Bhatnagar, uh, uh, Vikram Sarabhai was important in creating the institutions uh, which gave us several uh, revolutions uh, in India.
0: So you haven't just become one of the big giant tiger economies of the world in a decade. It's taken place over several decades. It's been a long journey for India. Uh,
1: Indeed it has been a long journey 1947 was the time we got our political freedom but it has taken us more than 60 years to be where we are. I'll just give an example I mean in mid 60s uh, we were uh, going with a begging ball to the rest of the world uh, for food Uh, And uh, then came the green revolution, self-sufficiency in food. Uh, That was essentially science and technology uh, that made it happen. Uh, Then we had white revolution uh, in terms of being the largest milk producer in the world. Then I call it a green revolution in terms of space technology. You had uh, uh, an ability to design and develop uh, our satellites, launch our satellites through our own launch uh, vehicles. Uh, When we began, people said, oh, well, India, does it need uh, uh, space technology? But it was proven that it is space technology which is making a difference to the lives of the poor, carrying education to them, information to them. Uh, A a fisherman today, for example, is able to know exactly where the potential fishing zones are. He's able to go there, increase his income by a factor of two or three. It's all because of... uh, uh, these technologies. And finally, I would say there was a grey revolution. Grey being the grey matter, the brain, uh, the software, the name that India made in software is incredible. I mean, just 0.06% of Indian population, uh, that are young people, 26 and a half average uh, age, uh, create one third of our uh, export. This was all possible because of these uh, initial uh, laying of the foundation.
0: And on that journey, where we are today is an India which is wholeheartedly embracing new technology. You call it an inclusive technology. Mm. Why do you think it is so inclusive in India?
1: Yeah. Uh, See, uh, India, although we are growing, we continue to have a large number of poor people. 70% of our people uh, live in villages. They are dependent upon uh, agriculture. Uh, There are 200 million people who are illiterate So there is a dark side to India in terms of people getting excluded simply because uh, they do not have access to education, to health, uh, uh, to connectivity and so on. I think it is extremely important that for India to really shine, the whole of India must shine, not just the tip of the iceberg, which simply implies that all those people who are below the poverty line must be able to get access to the basic necessities of life in terms of education, health, water, and so on. That is why we talk about not just innovation, but inclusive innovation uh, with inclusive technology. Uh, To give an example, when, uh, uh, let us say, a recombinant DNA vaccine for hepatitis B is available for uh, $18 a uh, a dose, uh, the poor cannot afford it. But here comes uh, Bharat Bhai take a company and produces it for 40 cents uh, uh, a dose, uh, uh, reducing the cost by a factor of 40. Now, that is something affordable uh, for, for the poor uh, of the country. Uh, in the same way, when you talk uh, in terms uh, of uh, uh, other things, I mean, just uh, look at the way Nano was launched. Uh, Ratan Tata, uh, who was bestowed uh, an honorary doctorate by Cambridge University yesterday, Uh, uh, he actually told me a story about 10 years ago as to how he saw on a uh, two-wheeler an entire family with an infant getting soaked in the rain, uh, driving under unsafe conditions, and he said, come on, for that price can I not give them a car? And he created uh, Nano, a $2,000 car which is now considered as a paradigm shift. So I think the basic issue about inclusive innovation is really getting not only more from less, which we always done, and not only getting more from less for more and more profit, more and more value to the shareholder, which we always done, but also getting more from less for more and more and more people, 4 billion people whose income levels are less than $2 a day. And that is where I believe uh, India is carving out a, Niche for itself in creating ultra low cost products with very high performance, uh, which can make a difference to the world, uh, uh, not only to India.
0: And and you talked about those one billion people who will now, through those grand challenges that are being met through inclusive technology in India, uh, become part and parcel of society with the same access to goods and services uh, as other people. Now, the growth of, of science and education, too, has been significant in India, hasn't it? You now say there, there are too many seats and, and not enough takers. Can you take us through that growth?
1: Oh, well, uh, after uh, Pandit Jawaharlal Nehru established those initial institutions, frankly, there was no growth in India in terms of creating new institutions, new universities, and so on. It was Dr. Manmohan Singh, our current Prime Minister, who gave it a big boost and, a couple of years ago, He announced the creation of 30 new central universities, 20 new IIITs, 7 new Indian Institute of Technologies, 5 new Indian Institute of Science Education Research, whereas we had just one Indian Institute of Science, uh, Bangalore, which uh, completed uh, its 100 years in 2008. And our big challenge is how do we ensure that the best and the brightest take up science and then they stay in science. And that is why there have been programs like Inspire, that have been been created by DST, Department of Science and Technology, where we will uh, try to influence around a million children by giving them very handsome fellowships, taking care of them till they do their bachelor's degree, master's degree, but most importantly, uh, career progression, career growth, uh, up to, uh, say, 20 years after they become sort of a scientist. I believe uh, this will go a long way in making that real difference.
0: And, and it's a difference that you yourself felt uh, as a child. Uh, in well, You now have 28 honorary doctorates, I-, I believe, but you started school barefoot. You felt that exclusion, and now you're leading not just the technological revolution in, in India, but, but actually uh, a revolution that will bring about the inclusion of poor people too. Has that... Journey being difficult for you? Have you have you ever had obstacles that you thought, well, I just want to give up?
1: Well, <laughs> when I look back, uh, really, uh, uh, I I remember I was born in a very poor family. My father died when I was six. My mother was illiterate. She came in search of a job uh, to uh, Bombay, which we now call Mumbai, and I remember. Uh, She actually did manual work to bring me up. Uh, Two meals a day was a huge challenge. Uh, uh, I remember securing an admission. Uh, When I passed from a primary school with 87% to get into the eighth standard, the secondary school required 21 rupees, which is half a dollar. And it took us three weeks to get it. And I must say that when I did my secondary school certificate examination, I had 11th rank among 135,000 students, but I was about to uh, leave education for a very simple reason, that uh, the, my mother was uh, struggling and I just couldn't, uh, as a single child, uh, you know, help her, I mean, um, in any way. And it was the Sir Dorap Trust uh, scholarship of 60 rupees per month, which is slightly more than a dollar, uh, for six years, which actually uh, helped me to uh, study. And uh, therefore... When I go to Bombay House today, the house of Tadas, uh, and where I used to go for that uh, dollar per month, and I sit on the boards of uh, uh, directors of, uh, say, Tadamodas, uh, it gives a very different feeling. And the feeling is that uh, you can make it, provided you are given an opportunity. Well,
0: you're very much leading that revolution of the inclusive India for people to reach their potential. You said at the end of your lecture, India can do anything. Look at the stars with your feet on the ground. Is that how you've approached life?
1: Yes, uh, indeed, because uh, uh, as I said yesterday, uh, it took us uh, 60 years to reach a gross domestic product GDP of a trillion. The next trillion will not take 60 years. It will take seven to eight years will double up and the following doubling up will happen in six to seven years so India is going to become an affluent nation within a generation I think it is written we are maintaining a growth rate of eight nine percent uh, uh, without any difficulty now when that happens as a matter of fact it is predicted that within a generation we will be one-sixth of the world economy with one-sixth of the population today we are one-sixth of the population and less than five percent of the world economy that is going to change Uh, It means that we are talking about an affluent India, but although that affluent India, that road uh, on the way, we have to remember that 70% of our people stay in villages, uh, they are below the poverty line, and we have to continuously work for them through inclusive innovation to give them access so that uh, uh, they become part uh, of this great India story. And for that, if we just keep on looking at the stars, that's not going to help. Our feet have to be on the ground, because the ground realities are up there with so many hungry people and so many illiterate people. We have to work for them. Then we'll create a new India of our dreams, of our future.
0: Ramesh Mishelka, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. India Science, Technology and Innovation, the Changing Landscape. Good luck on your journey.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much indeed.